chapter 12, and let's, let's get into the Word. And while you're going there, let's make our confession ready. Go. My life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. Again, my life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. Verse 21 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it. Tell them, Therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house, of Israel, if I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, says the Lord God. So we have been teaching from this subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. This is volume number two, and this is actually lesson number six. And so the objective is. Uh, to equip you and I in faith and in wisdom and get us focused in fulfilling our dreams and manifesting the visions of our hearts. So we've been using as a subtopic the principles of vision, the principles of vision. We've defined vision as a clear conception of something that is not yet a reality but which can exist. We've discovered that not knowing or understanding the principles of vision is a major obstacle to unfulfilled vision. And so principle number one, we talked about being clear in your vision, being clear in your vision. Principle number two, we talked about knowing your potential for fulfilling vision, knowing your potential for fulfilling vision. Principle number three, Possess the passion for vision. Possess the passion for vision. And then principle number four is develop a plan for your vision. Develop a plan for your vision. I showed you several scriptures uh, where last week Pastor Barnes uh, taught for me. And so uh, there were several scriptures that were given to show you that God works with us when we have a plan. You must have a plan. And so that was some statements that were made. Uh, some I want to give you, some that you did not receive, and I want to give them to you this morning, where a plan is concerned. Tell a person next to you, say, you need a plan. Need a plan. Tell them again, say, you need, a plan. need a plan. If you're sitting with your spouse, say to them, we need a plan. Your plan is the blueprint of your dream, vision, or desire. Your plan is the blueprint of your vision, dream, or desire. Number two, second statement I want to give you this morning. Your plan says your dream, vision, or desire is so important to you that it is worth you writing it down. That's what a plan says, that, that my dream, my desire, my vision is so important to me that I have written it down. 
Statement number three, your plan will give you plenty of material to be praying about and releasing your faith over. Your plan. Because as you plan, you will, you will discover and you will find out that there are so many things that comes up within your plan. And as things come up within your plan, now you have something else to pray about. If you're working on a five-year plan, there's somewhere you want to be in five years, whether it's in business, your personal life, or, or financially, or whatever it is, well, when you plan, then you're going to see some things that come up, and you don't want to wait until five years later, and now you need to develop your faith to deal with something or believe for something. You already know when you're putting your plan together what you're going to need. So why don't you start praying about that and releasing your faith about that now? So when five years come, you can have that thing. All right? So it gives you uh, material that you can pray about and things you can release your faith over when you plan. Your plan is your reference for staying on track with the development of your dream, your desire, or your vision. Your plan is your reference for staying on track. If you're having a home built, you're having a house built without a plan, you really don't know if the building is really on course. But when you have a plan and you have specifications within that plan, then you can go there and say, no, this is, this is not what that's supposed to be. Look at the plan. No, this is supposed to be a little bit larger. Look at the plan. So your plan is your reference for staying on track. Without a plan, you're not going to stay on track. So it's important to have a plan. And then finally, last statement is this, uh, and, and this is going to carry us into our, our fifth principle for today, but it's this, your plan is not the absence of faith, but it is the anchor of the faith process. Let me, uh, let me have my message back. I'm, I just thought about something. Your plan is not the absence of faith, but it is the anchor of the faith process. Now, look here in, in Proverbs 16 and verse number one, planning is important. The Bible says, which of you that will build a tower and sit it not down first to count the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it, lest after he start building and is not able to finish, then all those who behold him begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Why? Because he did not plan. He did not count the cost. He did not consider some things. And it's important to do that in, in any endeavor that you embark upon. Amen. Planning is important. See, a lot of times as Christians, we just want to believe God. And folks, we should. Who else are we going to believe? Who else are we going to trust in? Who else are we going to depend on? We should believe God, but believing God does not negate a plan. You still need to have a plan. You need a plan. Tell the person that just say you need a plan. All right? Now, watch this in, in, in chapter 16, verse 1. 
Just go right to the message. If you don't have a message, Bible, just look up on the screen and then put it there. Look at verse number one. It says, models make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. See, we make plans, but who has the last word? God has the last word. God's going to tell you how this thing is really going to go, but you need a plan. Look at verse 3. Put God in charge of your work, then what you've planned will take place. Put God in charge of your work. Make God your source. Put God first. Put him in charge of your work, then what you have planned will take place. Well, you can put him in charge of your work. You can put him in charge of your life. You can put him in charge of your project. I, I just, I just, that, there's a scripture that says, except God build the house. What? They labor in vain, what? That build it. Now pay attention to that. Except the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. Now notice, they are building the house. Pay attention. Except God builds the house, they labor in vain that are building the house. Now what do you mean by that? Well, think about it. If you are building a house, a, 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 a physical house, if you're building a house, except the city approve your plans, you are laboring in vain while you're building. See, you got your plan, and you just went off and started building. But except, except the city approve them plans, you laboring in vain. They'll make you tear that thing down. Come on, you get that now. See, except God, except God builds the house. Well, how does God build it? God, he acts as the building inspector. He has to inspect, the Bible says it in Hebrews uh, chapter 6, he said, let us go on unto perfection. They said, this we will do if God permits. Yeah, yeah. You got to get a permit from God. Yeah. All right. You put together the plans, but it is God who has to approve your plan and give you the permit to go on and do that. Amen. So you put God in charge of your work, and then what you have plan will take place, which means if you've not planned anything, nothing can take place. And then, look at the last one, uh, verse 9. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Notice who plans the way they want to live, but only God can make us able to live it. Amen. And the Bible says that God will give you the future you expect. The one you plan for, that's the one that God will give you. Amen? Amen. So planning is important. Tell the person next to you again, say planning is important. Planning. Now, let's, let's, let's cover principle number five. Principle number five, develop faith for the vision. Develop your faith for the vision. Develop your faith for the vision. That's important to do that. Now, let's go to Habakkuk chapter number 2. And while you're going there, there are some statements I want to make to you. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. Sight, these physical eyes here, sight is a function of the eyes, but vision 
is a function of the heart. Why? Because it is with the heart that man believes. And with the mouth, confession is made unto the thing that you're believing God for. But now, sight is the function of the eyes. The worst state to be in is not the state of physical blindness. The worst state to be in is the state where you have sight, but you lack vision. Amen. There are people with 20-20 vision, but they can't see any further than where they are in life. And it is, it is vision, it is vision that gives us hope beyond what we see with our physical eyes. So sight is just a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. You don't need physical sight to have vision. Because vision is a function of the heart. You don't need physical sight to have vision. Because what you see physically is really not vision. It's what's in your heart that's vision. All right? Here's another statement. Looking is common, but seeing is rare. Looking is common. Anybody can look. Anybody can look. But can, can you see? Seeing is rare. Physical sight is the ability to see things as they are. Whereas vision, watch this, is the ability to see things as they could be. I see it as it is, but vision is seeing it as it could be. Amen. It's this sight, physical sight, but it can be this as vision. It's, it's like this, and I see that, but it can, it can be so much greater. It could be better than this. It could be like that. That's vision. Sight is the ability to see things as they are. Vision is the ability to see things as they could be. I see what the marriage is, but when I have vision, see, if I lack vision, see, the thing about physical sight, physical sight without vision creates no hope. Physical sight, physical sight, me just seeing things for the way they are without vision, it, it cannot create hope. It brings about hopelessness. That's why faith is substance of, of whatever you're hoping for, whatever you are expecting. So physical sight, while you are looking in the natural at your situation, at your circumstance, at what's going on in your life, if you're just limited to that and you lack vision, you won't have hope. And a lot of people are hopeless not because of what they go through. Glory to God. They're hopeless because they have no place to go to. It's not what I go through. It's whether or not I got a place to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then here's the last statement uh, that I want to make to you. You are not what your eyes see. You are what your heart believes. That's a powerful statement. You are not what your eyes see. 
You are what your heart believes. Now, you should be in Habakkuk. I've given you plenty of time to find Habakkuk. If you ain't found Habakkuk by now, then you just a rookie. <laughs> Watch what it says in verse number two. And the Lord answered me and said, do what? Write the vision. You see that? Write the vision and do what? Now, your vision, your vision, your dream, your desire, it needs to be written. It needs to be written. Now, there are two ways you write your vision down. Number one, we know that we, your vision needs to be written on paper and it needs to be recorded in your heart. Now, we know how to write it on paper. We use what? A pen, right? We use a pen to write it on paper, but how do I record it or write it in my heart? The Bible says in Psalm that my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So it's when I say it, I'm writing it on my heart. I'm recording it in my heart. So not only is it on paper, it's also in my heart. And how did I get it in my heart? I got it in my heart by speaking it out of my mouth. Every time I speak my vision, every time I declare my vision, every time I say something in agreement with my vision, I am just recording it on my heart. Just like I take the time to record it on paper, write it on paper, I also take the time to write it on my heart. Are you listening to me? So you need to be opening your mouth and declaring your vision. You need to be speaking that vision, speaking that dream, speaking that desire, and not being moved or limited by what you see with your physical eyes. Amen. Amen. He says, write the vision, make it plain upon table, that he may run that read it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, what? Wait for it. Because what? It will surely come. What else? It will not tarry. Now that sounds contradicting. He says, though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. But he just said, though it tarry. Wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. But he just said, it will tarry. Yeah. He said, though it tarry, you wait on it because it will come and it will not tarry. But he said, though it tarries, you wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. But I just read where he said, though it tarry. Wait for it, it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, what is he really saying here? What he's saying, this first word tarry here means, he said, it may be delayed. Though it may be delayed, wait on it, it will come and it will not be late. This second word tarry, it simply means that it won't be late. So God is saying, although it may be held up, although it may be delayed, he said, just wait on it because it will surely come and it's going to get here right on time. It's going to get here right on time. But now you have to wait on it. See, are you willing to wait on it? Now, it may take, it may take a while, but are you willing to wait on it? Kenneth Copeland once said, you know, if you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
and having done all to stand, you keep standing with your loins girded with the word of God. Though it tarry, though it is, it is delayed, he said, you just wait on it. Why? It's coming. Just keep waiting on it. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. It's coming. It's going to happen. And when it happens, it's going to be right on time. See, it may not happen when you wanted it to happen, but it's going to happen exactly when God wanted it to happen because you got to realize that God, he serves like an air traffic controller and you ain't the only jet in the sky. This thing's so much bigger than you. And so God got other stuff that he's arranging, and he's always arranging circumstances and situations so you can be where you need to be at the time you need to be there because God knows he got to connect you with this person. He got to connect you with that person because the person that's going to open the door for you, they may be held up somewhere, and they hadn't gotten there yet, so God got to hold you off a little bit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? See, God, God he's perfecting everything that concerns you. It's more than just you. But it's when I get there, okay, I'm supposed to meet somebody here. Got to be the right person here. And then I, I got I to gotta get over here, but, but seem like I, I've not been moving as of late because the person that's supposed to bring me the package, they doing something they ain't got no business doing. So now I got I to gotta wait till they get straight so they can bring the package because when I get here, I don't want to make a dry run. I got to get what I need when I get here. And then when I get that, then I got to go to the next place. So God, he's working everything out for your good. He's working it for your good. So though it be delayed, I've learned to thank God for my delays. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I've learned to thank God for my delay. God, thank you. You know, I, I, I know I was supposed to be there. I thought I was supposed to be there this time, da, da, da. But I, I th God, I don't know what you protected me from. But I know you got my back. I know you. See, you, 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 you up here, God. See, I'm on the road. But God, you up here looking at everything. And you saw the man coming down the road who was driving while he was drunk. And if I'd have been there, he could have hit me. But you held me up so he can go and go by. And then you let me make it through. God, I want to thank you. See, I learned to thank him in everything. In everything. Why the plane late? The plane is late. Lord, I thank you. Because I don't know what you protecting me from, but you got my back. There's a reason this plane delayed. Are you listening to me? So he said, though it tarries, you wait for it. It will surely come. And it ain't going to be late. It's going to be right on time. Amen. Amen. So, he says then, we just got to be willing to wait on it. Now go to Proverbs 23 and verse number 7. Because now the faith process involves your mouth. Faith process involves your mouth. You know how you got saved? Heart and mouth. Heart and mouth. That's how you got saved. That whosoever shall confess with their mouth, who? The Lord Jesus. And shall believe, where? In their heart. That God raised him from the dead, they shall be saved. That's how you got saved, heart and mouth. That's right. 
Now, the scripture says in Colossians, as you have received the Lord Jesus, he said, now, now therefore walk ye in him. How did you receive him? Heart and mouth. Well, keep living your life like that. Heart and mouth. If heart and mouth can get you saved, heart and mouth can get you delivered. If heart and mouth can get you saved, heart and mouth can get you blessed. If heart and mouth can get you saved, heart and mouth can get you that job. See, you got to keep living the way you, you did when you got born again, heart and mouth. You said something out of your mouth, you believed something in your heart. And it came to pass. Now, folks, if that principle can change your eternal destiny, if that principle, here you are on your way to hell and heart and mouth change your course, now you're in the kingdom of God. If that principle can change your eternal destiny, I know what it can do to your temporary state. Because you were we, we were, we were going to hell. Oh yeah, we was on our way on a skateboard, on skate. We were on our way, we were going to hell and heart and mouth turned that situation around. And so it is in your life, heart and mouth. Amen. See, here's the problem. We have the wrong things in our heart. Therefore, we're releasing the wrong things out of our mouth. And we have been having what we say, because that's the principle. You're going to have whatever you say. So if I don't want it in my life, I'm not going to speak it out of my mouth. Now, you are not what your eyes see. You are what your heart believes. Amen. Glory to God. Now go to Proverbs. You should be at Proverbs 23, verse number 7. Say, I am not what my eyes see. I am what my heart believes. All right, watch this. For as he think it, where? What? As he what? Thinketh in his heart what? So is he. As he what? What? So is he. He is what? As he thinks in his heart. It didn't say as he sees with his eyes, so is he. It said as he thinks with his heart. As he thinketh in his heart. Now this word, this word thinketh, it is, in, in the Hebrew, this word thinketh, it, it acts as a gatekeeper, and it means open. So here's what that scripture is saying. That, now, how do, let me ask you this question first. How do you know what a man is thinking in his heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what a man is thinking in his heart by the words that come out of his mouth. Your words will always expose your heart. Your words let folk know exactly where you are in your heart. So now he said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It means it's, it's a gate opener, it's a gatekeeper, and it means open. So what is he saying? That whatever a man speaks out of his mouth, that's what he opens his life to. So whatever you say out of your mouth, you have just opened the door of your life for that thing to have access into your life. And when we really understand that, 
We would watch the words that come out of our mouth. We would make sure we have the right things in our heart because there are some things that are coming into our life that we really need to be shutting the door on. Long as you sit around talking about how broke you are. Long as you sit around talking about, you know, ain't no good men out there. Look like all I do is, is run into sorry men. And you wonder why you keep running into sorry men. Because you keep opening your life up to that. And so every time a sorry man comes, he see the door open of your life. And he just walk right in. And, and now you mad. You the one open the door. You got the door wide open and wondering why certain stuff walking up into your life. Shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the door to depression. Don't keep talking about how, how depressed you are and how, how, how sad you are. And, and I just been down and I just, I just been sad. You just open the door. You open the door. You open the door. You need to shut the door on all of those things. Everything that comes under the law of sin and death, you need to shut the door on it and open the door wide. You need double doors to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You need to start saying, I'm blessed. Blessed when I come in. Blessed when I go out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My needs are met. I got plenty more to both seed and store. I'm out of debt. My husband is saved. My wife is saved. My children are saved. I'm going higher. You got to start opening the door if you want that to come into your life. You got to declare that you're out of debt. You can't keep talking about how, how deep in debt you are because that's what you continue to open the door to. It was Prophet Wilson uh, who said, loose lips. <laughs> Sink ships. That's what they're doing. See, we're too, we too loose. We're too loose with our mouth. We're too loose with our mouth. And see, here's the voice of a fool. I just say what comes to my mind. <laughs> that one thing about me, I'm going to speak my mind. You tell it like it is. I, I like that. See, I tell it like it can be. Amen. I don't tell it like it is. Yeah. Amen. I tell it like it can be. Yes, sir. Because that's what vision is. Vision is the ability to see what it can be. Yes, it may be a fact, and it may be true, and, and, the, and the present state, it, 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 I am behind. But vision is not the ability to see it for what it is. Vision is the ability to see what it can be. You know, babe, we sh we sh we sh we're struggling right now, but, but, you know, I got vision. Here's, here's what it can be. Here's where we need to be. Here's where we desire to be. Here's where God's will is that we be. The business is slow right now, but here's what it can be. That's vision. When all you see is what is, you lack vision. You lack vision. And when you lack vision, you have no hope.
You have no hope. Now you're just playing the lotto of life. Just kind of hoping something good happened for you. Hoping the Lord smile on you. See? That's the lotto of life. All right, let's move a little further. Go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Listen to this. Never let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. Never let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. Just because my eyes see it, I don't have to believe it. I never forget uh, my wife and I, uh, we, it was in the early 90s, we had, uh, we was living in a little house, uh, about 12 to 1,500 square feet, and it was on cinder blocks. But we, we believed, we, we really believed we wasn't there. We believed we wasn't there. Now, I, I saw I was there. But I didn't let what I saw determine what I believed. And I never forget, friend of mine, Dr. Neal, friend of mine came down and he came over to visit the house one day. And we had all this nice stuff in the house. Now, the house itself didn't cost that much. We probably had the furniture in the house probably cost more than the house itself. And, uh, and I never forget, he came in. He said, he said, man, Perry, man, what you doing? I said, what do you mean? He, he was looking, you know, we had, a, we had a nice, you know, it was nice at that time. We had a nice dining table. And, uh, and man, it was real nice. It was long. And, you know, we just had nice stuff in the house because we believed we wasn't supposed to be where we are. We, we, we never accepted this is where we are. Now, I saw where I was, but I was talking big, man. I was speaking, I was speaking faith to where it just irritated my neighbors. But they kept in touch because they be asking for money now. So they, you know, because <laughs> they be, man, everything, they, they tell my wife and I, we, we remember, we remember, man, when you used to say stuff like that. And everything you used to say back then, you living in it today. That's what they tell them. Because we were not moved by where we were. We did not, here's the point now, we did not let what we see with our eyes determine what we believe with our hearts. You can see one thing with your eyes and believe something completely different in your heart. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do. And that's what it means to walk by faith. Regardless to what you see, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, for we walk by what? Faith and not by what? Sight. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Faith is of the heart. Sight is of the eyes. And we walk not by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by what we believe in our heart. Your life needs to be governed by what you believe, not by what you see. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. As long as you're operating by sight, seeing the problem, 
seeing the shortage, seeing the lack, seeing the unpaid bill, seeing the unsaved loved ones, seeing the bad marriage, seeing the low income, seeing your life falling apart. As long as you walk by that, then you'll never move past that. You're going to be limited by that. You have to get out of sight and get into faith. Get out of sight, get into faith. Tell the person next to you, tell them that. Say, get out of sight, get into faith. Tell them again, get out of sight, get into faith. So you can go forward in life. God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Let's go and tell you, go to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Let's, let's, let's read that right quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Then we'll look at Abraham, and, and then we're going we're gonna to quit. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. You can't walk by what you see. You got to walk by faith. Now watch this. That doesn't mean you don't have a plan. See, that's why we talked about having a plan first. What is your plan? Well, I believe I'm out of debt. I believe I'm out of debt. Okay, fine. I agree with you. What's your plan? Oh, no, I just believe God now. I believe, I believe God. I believe God. God can do anything. I know God can do anything. You can too. That's why you need a plan, because without a plan, you're just going to do anything. I tell you what, go to the bank and borrow 300 grand and not have a plan to pay them back. <laughs> tell, tell them you believe God. <laughs> when they say, well, sir, you know, uh, you, you got any collateral? You, oh, God on everything. <laughs> God on everything. Okay, yeah, what, what you own? How you gonna, you know, how, how you gonna, how you gonna sustain the loan? You know, you, you have a source of income. You know, how how you gonna how how you gonna pay us back? How can you how can you guarantee us that that you have what it takes to handle the loan? Amen. What's your what's what's your plan? Amen. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians three twenty. <laughs> now unto him that's able to do. And see, my father rich. Well, why are you asking us for the money? Get it from him. <laughs> See, you can't go in there with that spooky stuff. You need a plan. Anybody in business need a plan. If you are a business person, you don't have a plan, then you will fail. You need a plan. While we look not, verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal, lasting. He says, while we look not at the things what? That are seen. We all can do that. It's easy to, I, I see this podium. But he says, look not at the podium that is seen. Okay? So I choose to not look at it. Have you ever ignored anybody? Huh? Have you ever acted like you ain't see somebody? Come on, especially when you own money. Oh, I ain't, I ain't see you there. You. 
We know how to look not at the things that are seen. Things that I can physically see, he says, don't look at it. Glory to God. Because what I, what I, what I continue to give my attention to grows on the inside of me. But he says, look at the things that are not seen. How do I do that? How do I look at something that's not there? I know how to not look at what I see, but how do I look at what I don't see? Well, of course you know it's not going to be with the physical eyes. Now, there are some things that are in the atmosphere, that are in the firmament, that you cannot see with the natural eye. It's there, it's visible, but just not to the natural eye. But then somebody takes a telescope and says, you don't see it? Say, no, I can't see it. Come over here. And you get behind the telescope and you say, oh, I see it now. But you had to look through a different kind of eyes. Going somewhere. You had to look. It's it's there, but in the natural you can't see it. But when you get behind the telescope, it's there. But it's always there. You just can't see it with the natural eye. So it is, there are some things that you can't see with the natural eye, but put it under a microscope. And when you look in the microscope, now you see, oh, it's there, I see it, it's been there, it's there all the time. When you get from behind the microscope, and look, you can't see it with the natural eye, but when you look through the microscope, it's there. So, so it is that we can look at things that are not seen. Things that are not visible to the natural eye. But, but how do we see what God has promised unless we look through the microscope of the Word of God? That there are some things you can't see with the natural eye. But when you use the microscope of the Word, you, you, you look at the Word and say, oh, that is right there. I am healed. That is right there. It says it right here that he bore my, 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 my infirmity. He, he carried all my grief and my sorrow, and with his stripes, I am healed. But then when you look over here, you say, oh, that is right there. He does supply all my need according to his risk. I couldn't see that in the natural, but when I looked in the Word, I saw it. So faith is not blind. Faith has eyes. Matter of fact, it has two of them. One on the left, <laughs> eye on the right. Yeah. Amen. And rather than wink like this, it winked like this. <laughs> so how do you see those things that God has promised you? You see them through the word of God. This is the microscope into the promises of God that lets you know you can see everything he told you to see. You just can't see it with the natural eye. You don't see out of debt with the natural eye, but when you look in the Word, you see it. Are you listening to me? So now you you have to be able to take the Word of God, get it in your heart, and then whatever that vision, that dream, that desire is, you need to start speaking that thing out of your mouth. 
Because until you say it, you can't ever have it. You got to say it regardless to what it looks like. And that's what God did with Abraham. God asked Abraham, Abraham asked God a question. He said, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? God told him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. He said, kings are going to come out of you. Yeah. Now, now, hold on now, because right now he's, he just told God I'm childish. Natural sight. I don't have any kids. God said, kings are going to come out of you. Nations are going to come out of you. And, and then he said, so, so, so I can get you away from physical sight? He said, look at the stars. Yeah. And count the stars, and if you can count them, so shall your seed be. So now what is he doing? He's taking him away from what he sees physically and trying to get him to have vision for what he told him he's going to do in his life. And then what he did, he said, if that's not enough, he said, now I want you to look at the grains of sand and begin to count them, begin to number them, and if you can't number them, so shall your seed be. Now what is he getting? He's getting him away from this thing of being childless by giving him a vision of what God wants to do in his life. And you know what the scripture said Abraham did? Abraham believed God. I don't have a single child. And God says my children are going to outnumber the stars and outnumber the sand. Yeah. Abraham believed God. Yeah. Now, now watch this. And, and the Bible says against hope, he believed in hope. So even though everything in the natural was totally contrary to what God said, he believed God. That's all I'm trying to get you to do yeah. is just simply believe God. Now, here's the true test of whether or not you really believe God. We have in the spirit of faith. We believe, therefore have we spoken. Yes. You know how you believe? When you start speaking it. When you start telling folk regardless to what it looks like in your life. When you start speaking it when you start declaring it, when you start proclaiming it, when you start uttering it out of your mouth, when that's all you talk about, then I know you believe that. Because that is the spirit of faith. It believes and it speaks. What are you saying about that dream? Have you said anything lately about that dream? If not, maybe you don't believe it. Because what a man believes, he speaks out of his mouth. Amen? Amen. It automatically happens. Whatever is in your heart in abundance, it's going to flow out of your mouth. And if it's not flowing out of your mouth, it ain't in there yet. You still move by what you see. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. What I see don't determine my life. What I believe determines my life. I am not what I see. I am what I believe. Amen. That's how you walk by faith. That's how you, that's how you walk by faith. 
You're always going to see something in the natural to kind of try, try, to, try to contradict what you believe. But it's what you believe and speak out of your heart, out of your mind. That force of faith will turn any situation around in your life if you would start saying it out of your mouth. But they're going to laugh. They're going to say this. They're going to say that. That's only temporary. They ain't going to say it long because when they see it come to pass in your life, then they're going to ask you to how, to start, how to start talking. When they, when they finally see the cancer gone, when they, when they see you get the job, when they, when they see your children born again, when they see your husband serving God, when, when they see you out of debt with all your needs met, when they see you having peace that passes all understanding, when they see you walking in joy, unspeakable, and full of the glory of God, when they see you blessed to be a blessing to somebody else, when they see you blessed in the city and blessed in the field, when they see you on top and not on the bottom, when they see you being the head and not being the tail, they'll wonder what they need to be saying. But until you open your mouth and say it, you'll never create it. And if you never create it, it'll never exist in your life. That's why you got to talk about where you're going and not where you are. We see where you are. That's physical sight. You got to have vision to talk about where you're going. Because what you see is only temporary and subject to change. But you got to force it with your faith. Shout, I walk, I walk by faith. And not by sight. And not by sight. Say it again, I walk, I walk by faith. And not by sight. Not by Say, sight. I, am not I am not limited by what my eyes see. I am not what my eyes see. But I am what I believe in my heart. I believe that I'm healed. children are saved. I believe that I am blessed. I believe that I am prosperous. I believe that my husband loves me. That my wife loves me. I believe that God, he supplies all my needs. Shout out You got to say it, man. You got to say it. Shout, I believe that my life is being restored with the word of God. And when my life is restored, I shall, I shall, I shall have double. Hallelujah. shield everywhere I go somebody's already in place to use their power their ability their influence and their wealth to advance me in the name of Jesus I declare we're building God a city the city of restoration and the double dog 
Come here, Ken. I'm not finna do it, thing. Come here, Jared. Come here, Belle. Now, Kenyon, why you didn't come? I didn't call him. Don't miss that. Why they came? That's what I called. I didn't want Kenyon. If you don't want poverty, stop calling it. You will have what you say. You engineered, man. You, you, you engineered to say the right stuff. God took Adam and said, Adam, now I've made all the animals, but whatever you call it. That's what it's going to be. Folks, I'll tell you something real simple. A giraffe is called a giraffe because that's what Adam called it. Look at the brilliance of Adam. I don't know how many animals there are in the animal kingdom, but the man had to be brilliant to name every animal and not run out of names. But he was made in the image of God after the likeness of God. In the image, meaning spirit. Likeness, meaning he can function like. If you start living out of your spirit, you'll never run out of things to say that you can have come into your life. But see, rather than live out of our heart, We've been living out of our head. We've been living out of our head. And folks, we can come up with some stuff in our head. I'm tired. I'm sick of it. Y'all getting on my nerve. Y'all about to run me crazy. And you wonder why you have crazy. Thank you so much. But if you don't want it, don't call it. Heads about and eyes are closed.